0: Good morning. This is Long Island Morning Edition on 88.3 WLIW-FM, heard in Western Suffolk on 96.9 FM. I'm Michael Mackey. Long Island Railroad employees are idling in agency cars and trucks at excessive and concerning levels, raising questions about whether they are neglecting their duties, according to an audit released yesterday by the MTA Inspector General. Robert Brodsky reports on Newsday.com that the audit also found a high number of LIRR employees were engaged in potentially risky driving habits, including harsh acceleration and braking. The IG issued a similar report Thursday tracking idling and driving concerns by MTA employees, the agency's third such examination of the two agencies in the past decade. Quote, Unsafe driving and excessive idling raises public and employee safety issues as well as worker productivity concerns. MTA Inspector General Daniel Court said in a statement, Technology is available to monitor and reduce dangerous practices, and our team has offered viable suggestions for better implementation. The LIRR agreed with all of the watchdog's recommendations and said it was working with other MTA agencies to establish a consistent approach where possible to curb excessive idling and reduce unsafe driving behavior. The audit focused on 183 vehicles in the Long Island Railroad's highway fleet that were assigned either to specific employees or part of a pool available to multiple workers in one of 10 departments during March 2023. There is no turning back. That's the word from Riverhead Town Supervisor Tim Hubbard, regarding termination of the land deal with Triple Five affiliate Calverton Aviation and Technology. Denise Civiletti and Alec Lewis report on RiverheadLocal.com that Hubbard, fielding a question during the Heart of Riverhead Civic Association meeting Saturday, where he was the featured speaker, said the town of Riverhead has no intention of settling the lawsuit filed this month by Calverton Aviation and Technology. That was a bad deal from day one, Hubbard told the Civic Group members, The supervisor reiterated those sentiments in answering questions from residents during Wednesday night's Riverhead Town Board meeting. Three of the four council members endorsed that position when asked, saying they would not support settling the suit. Council member Bob Kern remained silent. Kite filed a lawsuit against the town of Riverhead on January 8th, seeking to enforce the contract of sale and seeking damages in an unspecified total amount for the town's alleged breach of contract. On the same day, Kite filed a notice of pendency of the lawsuit with the Suffolk County Clerk, providing legal notice that it has a claim against the title and to the land. Legendary Long Island investigative journalist Carl Grossman will be the major speaker at a conference this coming Sunday, January 21st, on current threats involving nuclear war. It has been organized by Long Island peace groups and will be held at the Huntington Cinema Arts Center from 2 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. this Sunday. There will be a showing of the film The Valve from Hiroshima about Setsuko Teikuchi, a survivor of that city's atomic bombing. Grossman, for 20 years, was a member of the Commission on Disarmament Education, Conflict Resolution and Peace of the United Nations and International Association of University Presidents. The conference is this Sunday at the Huntington Cinema Arts Center from 2 p.m. to 4.30 p.m. this Sunday. When Dr. Georgette greer and Brenda Simmons contemplate the history of Eastern Long Island, they think about important people and places, significant events, and defining moments that might not come to mind for many other people. They want to change that. So much of our history, worldwide or countrywide, or even locally, has not been known said Simmons. Kaylin Riley reports on 27East.com that in an effort to bring that history to life for a broader audience in a way that will make it easily accessible for anyone with a smartphone, Greyer Key, Simmons, and others have been hard at work over the past year to create the Hamptons Civil Rights Backstory Cell Phone Tour. The tour, which will officially launch this weekend, will include four stops each with a narrated audio segment, as well as photos exploring an aspect of black history in the area. The project will be available on the Travel Stories app and is a collaboration between Grier Key, the Executive Director of the Eastville Community Historical Society, and Long Island Traditions, which uses oral histories and other methods to document Long Island history, with a particular focus on recognizing and paying tribute to the diverse ethnic cultures present throughout the years on Long Island. The tour was funded in part by the National Park Service and the New York State Council on the Arts. Now, this weekend, the, it is going to be launched. The Southampton African American Museum will host an official launch party for the cell phone tour tomorrow at 11 a.m. New York State's Plus One ADU program offers low to moderate income Long Island homeowners up to $125,000 in a forgivable loan to build or retrofit accessory dwelling units, also known as ADUs. The funding is part of a state program to help curb New York's affordable housing crisis by enticing homeowners to add on if they meet the income requirements. Housing experts say the expansion of ADUs can play a significant role in reducing the region's housing crisis through lower rents while providing homeowners with extra income to keep up with their mortgages. Tiffany Cusack-Smith and Deborah S. Morris report on Newsday.com that low-to-moderate income homeowners who live in the towns of Babylon, Brookhaven, Huntington, Shelter Island, Southampton, and Southold can currently get the funding on Long Island. Other places where funds were awarded under the program included New York City and several localities in the Hudson Valley. Housing nonprofits and municipalities have partnered to apply for the funding, according to the New York State Division of Housing and Community Renewal. Experts studying the environmental impact of Las Vegas Sands proposed billion casino resort in Uniondale, Long Island, told Hempstead Town officials yesterday they would survey traffic patterns and the possible impact on air quality of the project. Their comments came during a town hearing attended by hundreds of supporters and opponents of the project. The session was among the largest public hearings held on the project since Sands announced that it would apply for a state gaming license for a casino resort on the Nassau Coliseum site. Adrian Esposito, Executive Director of Citizens Campaign for the Environment, testified Thursday in favor of the casino project. Helen Harrison retired on Wednesday after 34 years as director of the Pollock-Krasner House and Study Center in Springs. The Springs home and studio barn is where Jackson Pollock and wife Lee Krasner created some of the most heralded and controversial artwork of the 20th century. When Harrison got to the house in 1990, it had no amenities and no endowment. It did have a treasure trove of goodies that enabled her to transform the site, bordered by Springs Fireplace Road and Akabana Creek, into a must-see for a worldwide audience. John Valenti reports on Newsday.com that during those decades, Harrison, author, curator, and former art critic for the New York Times, brought the Springs Museum into the 21st century, earning awards and a designation as a National Historic Landmark. A longtime resident of Sag Harbor, Harrison hopes her lasting legacy as director will be that visitors to the house will see another side to Pollock and to Krasner, too. While the museum is just one early Pollock, one not painted here, the materials he and Krasner used, the furnishings, the furniture, how they lived their daily lives, all that is intact, Harrison said. It's pretty rudimentary. A simple environment, and because of that, it kind of brings it all down to earth. It's a reminder that you don't have to have a palatial environment to create great art. Harrison was curator at the Guildhall Museum in East Hampton when she became full-time director of the Krasner House in 1990, the property set aside after the death of Krasner in 1984. This has been Long Island Local News on Long Island's only NPR station, wliw FM. I'm Michael Mackey.